The Daily Mix Show presents the most popular radio game on this side of the speaker. Let's play B-Mix. B-Mix, don't be a loser. To be Migs. I know Rob from Snohomish is. Rob, are you there? Yeah. 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 I'm Sarah, your host, and it's time for you to get out of here, Steve. Bye-bye. For those playing at home, Rob has 60 seconds to answer 10 questions. You can pass all you want, but you only get three guesses per question. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Which exercise is often referred to as the king of exercises due to its numerous benefits? Burpees. No. Uh, push-ups. No. Pull-ups. No. Who was said to be Walt Disney's favorite princess? Snow White? No. Uh, pass. What apparel company has used the slogan, impossible is nothing? Adidas. How many seasons did Pete Carroll coach for the Seahawks? 24. No. 22. No. 23. No. What friends oh, actress played Julia in the comedy Horrible Bosses? Uh, pass. The primary, the two primary elements making up the sun are hydrogen and what? Uh, helium. What country invented the McDonald's McFlurry? Sweden. No. Canada. Who was the lead singer of Led Zeppelin? Robert Plant. Michelle Kwan is famous for competing in what sport? Ice skating. And with that, you get five correct, Rob. Oh, God, that was horrible. Oh, okay. It was definitely horrible in the beginning, but then the end, the end, you got four correct in a row. But that that Pete Carroll question. Yeah, right? (laughs) You should be embarrassed for that. We've only been talking about it all morning. (laughs) Yeah, especially for today. Steve, are you ready? Yes! Which exercise is often referred to as the king of exercises due to its numerous benefits? King of exercises? Uh, jumping jacks? No. Burpees? No. Squats? Oh! Who was said to be Walt Disney's favorite princess? Uh, I'm going to go with Princess Snow White. No. Cinderella. What apparel company has used the slogan, impossible is nothing? Impossible is nothing. And it's apparel. I'm going to say Under Armour. No. Nike. No. Adidas. Yes. How many seasons did Pete Carroll coach the Seahawks? 14. What Friends actress played Julia in the comedy Horrible Bosses? Uh, Jennifer Aniston. The two primary elements so making up the sun are hydrogen and what? She oxygen? Is. No. Just like the sun. She's super hot. Um, hi- uh, helium? Yes. What country invented the McDonald's McFlurry? I'm going to go America. No. Canada. Nice. Who was the lead singer of Led Zeppelin? Robert Plant. Whoa. Michelle Kwan is famous for competing in what sport? Figure skating? A nine-sided figure is called a what? A decagon? No. A ninagon? <laughs> Nuevagon? No, I'm not. You're close, but I'm not Wait, giving it to you. Ninagon might be right? No. Is it ninagon? <laughs> it's it's nonagon. Nonagon. Or Nine gone. Nine gone? Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. You're, you're no, no, close. No, I don't, I don't, Man, too bad. Well, she beat me anyway. Oh, for sure he did. Because, Steve, you got nine correct, which is a win. Nine to five. You think? You think? You think? You think?
But you could have got a perfect hey, 10. Steve, yes. You got to get, get the L.A. Knight in there. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Let me talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> no, all the non-wrestling fans in this room are looking at us like we're crazy. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we are crazy. Very true. For wrestling fans, we are crazy. Right on, my man. All right, well, all morning long, we will continue to celebrate the career of Pete Carroll. We're going to be chatting with some former players later. But first, one of Pete's longtime assistant coaches that was part of the Super Bowl team, Mondre G, joins us after the Red Hot Chili Peppers. The Daily Mix Show. The Daily Mix Show. 99.9 KISW. Steve Miggs, what a morning celebrating the incredible coaching career that Pete Carroll had with our Seattle Seahawks. Absolutely, Taryn. I'm very excited to have our next guest on. He's an old butt of mine as our love for pro wrestling led to us getting to know each other. He's a Super Bowl winning coach with the Seahawks, spending nine seasons with Pete Carroll. Please welcome to the show, Mondre G. Mondre! Yes, Miggs, can you hear me? I can hear you, man. I miss you. <laughs> Ditto, man. I miss you also. I miss Defy Wrestling, man. Yeah, so Mondre, before, obviously, we're going to talk a lot about Pete Carroll, Mondre. Like, he, him and I met, we were at a WWE show, and it was when Daniel Bryan retired, and he went and hugged everyone. Daniel Bryan, or Brian Danielson now, he knows Mondre from the right. Seahawks. Gives him a big hug, but I'm sitting right next to Mondre. Didn't know it at the time. So Daniel Bryan, like, inadvertently, I think he thought he would, I was part of the posse, so he hugged me as well. <laughs> and I looked out like, yeah, man, this is awesome. So we, we hit it off about wrestling. He would come to, like, the local Defy shows. Mondre would. He'd bring his Super Bowl ring so all the wrestlers could see the, the ring. We went to some other underground independent wrestling shows as well together. Just an awesome, indeed. awesome dude. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for even thinking to have me on this show. I'm happy to be here to talk about Coach Carroll, Migs, wrestling, whatever else you got. But, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, because we're going to have like some former players like John Ryan and Luke Wilson going to join us later. But I was thinking, I was like, one of the first pers person, first people I thought of was you because I'm like, you know, we'll have a chance to talk to players, but we don't know any coaches, guys that have actually been there working alongside Pete Carroll, not just in a player position, but as like a peer, as an assistant coach, as a whatever it may be. Right. And, and, and you did for nine years. And obviously all morning nine, long, yep. we're celebrating Pete's career and how awesome he was for the city of Seattle. But what was it like for you working with Pete? I would tell you some of the same things you probably heard with some of the players. Like Pete is, he, he's a special coach. He's done a lot to help a lot of guys. And when I say not just, when I say help a lot of guys, he helped us not just in football, but in life. When he talked about always compete, he was dead serious, like how we eat, how we sleep, like eat right, drink right, sleep right, how we train, guys trying to be the best version of themselves. He let you be who you were, but you better show up and you better compete. And if you can't come to work and compete, you probably won't be here long. But he's definitely a proven winner. He has a track record of, of building winners. And he had, had, we had just a record of building players, getting the right guys to come in and, and just come and be together. And it's just awesome what we were able to accomplish in our time in Seattle. I guess you would argue to say, the best nine-year stint in the history of the Seahawks happened when I was a part of that staff and all those great players and coaches that were there. And obviously, Pete was our leader, him and John Schneider. Madre, I always said the team went downhill when you left the team. <laughs> I, I can just tell you, I was, a part of, I was a part of a lot of great players and coaches, and we all worked hard together. And I, I enjoyed my time immensely in Seattle, met great people like yourself. And it'll always be a special place in my heart. Like, when I was able to come back for the reunion this year, it was awesome to see all those guys and just be around each other because when you win it connects you in a way like no other bill parcells always said like it's a blood kinship you guys will always be connected from the kjs to the bobbies to the marshawns to the sherms to the cam the Earls. we're always the d-line me bane red you can go on and on. all of us we're always connected 
because we won together, but we also built something special authentically and sincerely together. Mondre, it seems like Pete Carroll is the type of person that could pull someone out of having a bad day. He just kind of radiated that positive energy. Was that your experience yeah. in being around him and watching him kind of influence the, the day of others? I, I can definitely agree with what you said right there. What he would tell you was, hey, no whining, no complaining, no excuses. Like, don't bring your negative energy in here. Because, you know, when people complain, misery, you know, it loves company. He says, hey, when you come in the building, tap in, say, I'm in. We had signs all around the building. You come in the weight room, in the locker room, in the meeting room, tap in, says, I'm in. Practice field, say, I'm in, meaning you're here with us giving us your best. Now, we understand there's still life and we'll support you. Got great guys like Mo Kelly to support you and things like that with off the field, also on the field stuff. But we want you to come here and give us your best because in turn, as coaches, we want to give you our best. And we can't get our best collectively if we're not all working toward the same goal at the same time. Mondre, what was the experience like winning the Super Bowl? I mean, I, I never really bugged you about that, but I always wondered, like, you know, there you are. <laughs> that entire season was just bonkers for us. NFL Network just showed, like, the, the highlights of leading up to the Super Bowl win last night, and I was getting goosebumps all over again and just, you know, a lot of love for that team. That was such a special team for us for, as fans. But what was that ride like right. for you as a coach? I'll tell you, it's just probably one of the greatest moments of my life, honestly. And I can tell you, as a young man, as a young kid growing up in Detroit, I just said to myself, I want to win a championship. And I didn't know how or when it could happen or any of that stuff. I just I just tried to work and put myself in the best position possible. And my coaching career took me to be there to Seattle. And what you all don't know is a year before I went to Seattle, I was in Green Bay. I went to visit Coach Carlisle, who was the head strength coach at USC with Pete Carroll. And I wanted to see how he was doing it to learn because they were successful for a reason. I always try to try to find different ways to grow. I had an offensive line coach, Pat Rule, who worked with me at Michigan State, who was on that staff at USC. So they allowed me to come to USC, hung, up for, hung out for a day. Lo and behold, a year later, we're all working together in Seattle. Um, but just to win that Super Bowl, I'll tell you, is like it's you can't put it into words. When, when the parade happened, Man. when the parade Man. happened in Seattle, where, where were you? I was in that, I think it was like a tub or whatever. <laughs> it looked like a houseboat on wheels. Oh, the, the, the ducks, blanket. yeah. The ducks, it was, it was cold, though. It, it was cold, it was cold. But it was, that was awesome to see the faces of young people and old people hanging out of buildings, windows. And there's an older lady, she looked up and she just said, thank you. And I said, no, thank you. I couldn't believe so many kids missed school that day. It was crazy. And the only person that stayed warm was Marshawn Lynch because he had that bottle of Fireball. <laughs> Hey, well, I don't, I don't know what Marshawn had. I'm assuming it was Gatorade or water, but it, if you say it was Fireball, I'm let you say that. Well, I mean, if maybe he it was an adult, by may, the way. Maybe it was Gatorade inside that Fireball bottle, but the bottle sure as heck looked like a Fireball bottle. <laughs> Who was your favorite player to work with oh, while man. you were here with the team? Like, was there one guy that like you always just look forward to, you know, coaching up and and, and helping with his strength and conditioning? I'll tell you, I had a special relationship with all of my players, and I think it's, it's very true still to today how I can text and call guys. I'll tell you, on our bus, bus number three, behind me sat Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, to my right, Bobby Wagner, Cam Chancer, Mike Morgan, KJ Wright in front of me, Deshaun Shedd, Brandon Browner, and then uh, Jermaine Curves. It just, I, I enjoyed all those guys. I probably spent the most time with Earl Thomas and John Ryan and those specialists. But I, I knew John also from Green Bay. But I spent a lot of time with Earl. But I spent a lot of time just trying to help everybody. Robert Turbin, whenever my player needed help with something before practice or after or during the lift, I want to try to be there for all of them. And it's not 
to me, they're all my favorites because I gave them the best I had every day. I held them accountable. They got mad at me. I cared about them. I got mad at them. But I'm just here to help you get better. But I love them all. I mean, all those guys are great to me. So when when you mean that. when you would roll up to a wrestling event with your Super Bowl ring, is that just like the craziest flex to throw on some of those guys that are competing for a belt, guys and gals competing for belts? Like, oh yeah, that's a cute belt, but have you seen my Super Bowl ring? Uh, you know, I'll tell you, as a lifelong wrestling fan, I really respect what they do, and I know how hard it is. It was just a way for me, like I say, I, I wear it to share it. I yeah. love to watch those wrestlers compete, and I was able to share my Super Bowl ring with them, and it was a big deal to them. But I'm saying what you're doing is a big deal to me. Like, they let me hold some of the belts or just even sit where I sat to be that close to the ring and have the access I had. I appreciate it. So it's a mutual respect, I would say. And uh, before we let you run, Madre, thanks for taking some time. Madre G, who used uh, one of the strength and conditioning coaches for the Seahawks for nine years, including the Super Bowl winning uh, year. What would you say was like the best uh, tidbit of advice or, or, or that, you've, that you've experienced working with Pete Carroll? Like what's that one thing that forever will stick with you? I would say this, and I think you know it too, is just always compete. That's funny. Even KJ Wright mentioned that on his podcast too, yeah. Always compete. You can't go wrong with that in in any walk of life. Always compete. And then what happens, happens. But did you compete? Either you're competing or you're not. And you can't spell compete without Pete, Carol. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Well, Madre, man, we appreciate it. (laughs) Oh, sorry. No, you saw that at the practice field. He had the, uh, the scoreboard and said always compete. So you're exactly right. Right on, Mondre. Thanks so much for joining us this morning, chatting about Pete Carroll's amazing career. And get back to Seattle sometime so we can go check out some Defy Wrestling. Yeah, that would be fantastic. <laughs> awesome. Well, that was that was delightful. Yeah, he's a great dude. That's, a, that's some inside scoop that you just can't get anywhere else. That was awesome. Did you ever get to go work out with him? No. 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 I would never even think to ask something like that. <laughs> like, and also, like, what am I going to do? Oh. Like, try and keep up with what? Like, with the workout of a professional football player? <laughs> right. That's <laughs> amazing. You want to work me into the workout with the, with the boys? <laughs> never. Well, there's a DoorDash driver that refused to take a tip from a customer. Why did this happen? We're going to tell you at 717. The Daily Mix Show. Good morning, Rockaholics. We don't know if you've seen this video yet, but it's been going viral. A door dasher who lost out on a cash tip because she assumed she wasn't getting one. We have lost our minds. (laughs) The door dashing thing, I've never really done it other than to get alcohol when we were in Texas during that heat wave. So that was a lot of easy. And I tipped, I made sure to tip. I was like, you know, you're doing me the Lord's work so I don't have to walk to a booze store. But some of these drivers just are, they're just lawless. We can barely get anything delivered to us where I live because I live in the sticks. So I'm not super familiar with the DoorDash system. But apparently this this driver had showed up and had already written an angry note and put it inside of this McDonald's bag. Okay, and so because they know they're not getting tipped. Because I think maybe it, like on the app or something, you, you can add the tip. Yeah. And so the driver saw that there was no tip added. So she put the angry note in. And then when the lady opened the door to get her order, she had cash in her hand that she was planning to tip the driver with. <sighs> So then the the driver said, I'm sorry, I can't accept this, and and was feeling guilty about it. Apparently, the note said, in all caps, lucky for you, I didn't bother the food, but next time, consider tipping your driver. So we're just threatening people with their food now. I guess so. Of course you should tip. But if you don't, you shouldn't have someone, like, soil your food. (laughs) Well, all of this was caught on a ring cam, and, yeah, the DoorDash driver was feeling all sorts of guilty. (laughs) 
Hello. Ignore. You keep that. Why? Because I didn't see a tip on the app, and I put a little card in there. So please keep that. I'm sorry. No, I just had cash. Please. It's okay. It's okay. Because it's okay. Thank you. Have a good night. There's a like sweet old lady that's right, just like I'm gonna give her a nice tip. No, no, you take it. I, I wish we could like have DoorDash or ring cam audio of her opening that. Oh, yeah. Right, because you're probably thinking, oh, well, okay, uh, you don't want the tip, and oh. then you read that note, you're like, yeah, f you off. I you're keeping that tip for sure. <laughs> right, you suck. Well, all morning long, we have been celebrating the amazing career of Pete Carroll, and one TV personality spent countless hours with the guy. We're gonna chat with King Five's Chris Egan after Tom Petty. The Daily Migs Show. 99.9 KISW, this is the Rock of Seattle. A bit of an emotional morning around here. Lots of lots of feelings yep, regarding absolutely. Pete Carroll and the fact that he is no longer our head coach for the Seattle Seahawks. And be sure to check out our podcast, which is available through Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y, because we talked to former uh, strength and conditioning coach Mondre G earlier this morning, talking about his experience working with Pete Carroll for nine years, including the Super Bowl season and Taryn, I'm very excited for our next guest because he spent many hours with Pete Carroll. But more importantly, he's currently setting social media on fire as it seems like everybody and their sister is stealing an iconic photo that he just took of Pete. Please welcome to the show, King Fives, Chris Egan. Oh, good morning. Good. It is a tough morning, guys. Uh, 14 magical years uh, with Pete Carroll. I've been uh, working at King Five for 23 years and. Uh, it's been a tough week. I'm going to tell. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, nothing compares to losing the Sonics or that Super Bowl 49 loss. But right. uh, Huskies lose the national championship, and then uh, you know, two days later, uh, you know, the goat of Seattle coaches, uh, Pete Carroll, uh, you know, is uh, no longer the head coach of the Seahawks. It's been a tough one. And Steve, you mentioned the photo. It was kind of a weird moment. It was the Philadelphia Eagles game. Um, yeah. Pete Carroll went in after that big victory, celebrated with his team. He met with the media. And then I, I ran out on the field on Lumen Field to get ready for my live shot. And then I just noticed Pete was out there. He runs out, has his hat on backwards, and he's just – he has his grandkids and his son out there, and he's just soaking it in. And for somebody that covers a lot of high school sports, it was kind of weird. It was like just seeing a, a high school coach that just won his first game. I mean, he just couldn't get enough of it. He didn't want to go home. And it was uh, – so I just snapped a little photo of him just looking out at the field and – uh who knew that was going to be his last victory at Lumen Field that night against the Eagles? But, uh, yeah, definitely uh, an incredible coach. I use the words competition, compassion, energy, and positive. And this is a coach that was always positive around his, uh, around his team, and that's something I try to take on as a youth sports coach as well. Did you get the vibe when you took that picture that maybe there was like, oh, could this be the, la- the the end of that incredible run with Pete? I know he said in interviews that he's like, no, I'm coming back. I want to come back. And then, of course, a couple of days later, you know, yesterday is when we got the news. But did you get a vibe? I honestly thought he was I, – I, I personally thought he was going to be back at least one more year. I yeah. just thought he was going to be able to write his story. I knew he had another year on his contract. I just thought he was kind of – it was a great win. He was out there kind of like, hey, uh, and that's what I love about Pete. This is a guy that's 72 years old, and he, he approaches life like he's 22. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like he was just a kid in a candy store. Like, this is football. I love it. I love this town. I love this city. I love this team. And I'm just going to sit out here and, and soak it in. So I honestly thought he was coming back one more year. I thought he was going to be able to, you know, write his 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 story. And that's the only sad part about this is in, in sports, you know, sometimes we don't get that – chance to say goodbye and say thank you uh, to the ones you know that we've loved watching for so many years and it would have been great to have a little 
celebration, but uh, unfortunately, uh, life moves on, and who knows what's going to happen with him. I mean, I know he's going to be a consultant, but uh, it would not surprise me, you guys, if we see him coaching another team uh, sooner than later. We are talking with Chris Egan from King 5 Sports. Chris, when you think about this this new role that he's taking on, being an advisor for the team, how common is that in professional sports? Do you run into that kind of a, you know, promotion in some way or demotion in some way uh, in, in what you've seen in the past? Well, I, I think we've seen it before, and I think it, it's something to do with contracts and, okay, how do we, how do we have a nice uh, – how can we end this on a good relationship and still give you some money? Um, I think is what happens in the end. And, and, and I don't know. I mean, we heard yesterday in his press conference, he's not going to have anything to do with the hiring of the new coach. I mean, this is a guy, you know, he, he'd be a great advisor. I just, I think, like I said, he's 72, but he is, he's still young at heart. And I think he still wants to coach. So I'm just not quite sure how long this advisor role is going to last for him because I definitely could see him on the sidelines again. That's the vibe. Don't think, I, I don't think he's done. That's the vibe I got watching the press conference. There was a certain couple moments where he's like, I still got, you know, gas in the tank. I'm just like, I don't think this guy is, has any intention of calling it quits as a coach. If, if there's an opportunity out there, I think he's going to jump at it. No, and it's funny. People are talking about, you know, what's your favorite Pete Carroll moments? And no question at all, winning the Super Bowl is number one on my book. And then you throw in the, you know, the NFC Championship games at home against the 49ers and the Packers. I mean, those are moments we won't forget. But I love... I love the youthful moments from Pete Carroll, the, the ripping the shirt off when he first met DK Metcalf. Yes. Uh, and, and I could even go back to the beginning of this, this season. He's 72 years old, guys. And this is a guy that talks his rookie class into jumping in canoes on Lake Washington on a windy, stormy day. And we're talking about rookies that are rolling in from Florida and from Texas. And I still remember because I was out there on the Lake Washington Pier with these guys. And they're like, I'm not going out there. There's alligators out there, man. I'm not going out there. There's hippos out there. And this 72-year-old coach is like, come on, everybody. Let's get in these canoes and let's ride these canoes. And, oh, my gosh, half the canoes almost tipped over and stuff. But Pete's out there like a kid. So, no, in, in my mind... I don't think he's done. I really don't. I don't. I don't have any clue of where he goes. But he's he's got gas in the tank and then some. And I want I want a little of that gas he's putting in his tank. I don't know what he does. Chris, Chris were you at the uh, press conference? Uh, I was not. I actually was coming in from uh, Houston for the national championship. I was planning to get one day off with the wife, and then I got the call <laughs> the press conference. So I jumped in the car and listened to it on the way to work, and I ended up putting together a story just kind of on all of his great moments. And uh, the cool thing is you don't realize is we've all lived that, but we have some younger producers that haven't kind of been here for 14 years that are watching this thing going, oh, my gosh, oh, he did that? Oh, he was the coach when Richard Sherman went off? And I'm like, yeah, yep, that's the guy. So I thought it was cool seeing that there were a couple. I know Bobby Wagner was there and also Geno Smith sitting in the front row. And I was like, that's it. And, and also after the press conferences, I, I don't ever go to press conferences. They don't let me go. But uh, it's rare that you hear an entire room of reporters and everybody that's involved stand up and give a standing ovation after a press conference, and that's exactly what happened after that one with Pete Carroll. No, and I have a lot of buddies that were at that press conference, and it, it, you're right. It, it is very rare that the, the media gets emotional, and I know there was a couple reporters that kind of teared up a little bit, and uh, it was a huge crowd. I think, once again, I bet this thing would have been even bigger if, if people would have had a little bit you know, warning, because this is a guy that did nothing wrong for a community. I mean, I look back, guys, at training camp. I mean, what he brought to Seattle with that. I mean, it, it, that place was always packed. You know, the burn was filled, and, and, and Pete would stay over extra time to make sure all the kids had their autographs and things like that. So there were so many things that he did that we, you know, that we never saw 
that I think we're going to miss quite a bit as well. Chris Egan from King 5 Sports. I don't know what time your alarm goes off in the morning, but ours goes off very early. And I think that we need to have some sort of an alarm system developed to where it's just Pete Carroll waking you up with motivational speeches and, and getting you going for the day. Would you, would you be on board with something like that? 110% agree. You can't get to 110%, but I definitely agree wholeheartedly with you on that one because this, I remember asking him 15 years ago, um, we were doing a, a show with him and I, and he goes, you're, you coach sports, right? And I go, yeah. He goes, it's your job. It's your job to make, find, there's a role on your team for every single kid. And it's your job as a coach to find that role. And I'm like, what? Well, gosh, I mean, this guy is always decent. And, and I did go to Pete. I go, well, you're getting like the best college players. And I've got to deal with seven and eight year olds that are just learning how to dribble. But he goes, that's no excuse. You've got to find a role for those kids. And, but that's what I loved. And, and, and I tell you, I've, I've been to hundreds of Seahawk practices and to see him kind of just prance around, run around the field like he's a kid and just fire up the team. It, you know, I, I, I'm a huge fan. I, I love the win forever. Always compete. It's a tough day. I mean, we've had these moments through the years, you know, when Edgar retires and it, it is tough to move on and it's hard right now for us to see like this is going to be a positive move. But I even go back to the beginning of the John Schneider, Pete Carroll era when they got rid of, you know, Matt Hasselbeck and Marcus Trufant and Lopa Tatupu and we're like, who are these guys? What are they doing? Why do they get rid of our favorite guys? And, you know, at 14 seasons under Pete Carroll, 10 of them in the playoffs, 137 wins. It's, you know what? I, I, I hope the coach coming in is, is ready to go because he's yeah. got some big, big shoes to fill. That's for sure. Thank you, Chris Egan. And wow, thank you, Pete Carroll, for 14 incredible seasons. This is just such a such a wonderful way to honor the legacy. Rockaholics, how would you like to win Foo Fighters tickets? Have you ever had a ridiculous run-in with the law? For example, yesterday, a rockaholic told us that she got in trouble for handing weed over to a police officer. And another guy was popped for smoking weed in the rain. And uh, now it's the chance to call in. 206-803-ROCK. We will take your calls at 747. The Daily Migs Show.